I'm far away, and it probably sounds like I'm far away. So I'm going to inch closer, and closer, and closer. What I'm doing is I am laying on the couch so I can ice my back while I do this podcast. Normally I would sit down, and here I've reached the couch. You can tell. I'm much clearer now. So, now that I'm in place, I feel much like uh, a person visiting a therapist. I'm on the couch, and this microphone is an inanimate object that's going to listen to me. But I'm not talking about my problems. I'm talking about life. That's what I do. Although it's been a while. You know that if you're an avid listener of all fucking five episodes. Jeez. Really burning through these. <clears throat> so it's been a while. Let me uh, let me explain. Let me be clear. It's a horrible Obama impression. Uh, really have no excuses other than not having the uh, bandwidth, the the amount of space that I need. Go lay down on Podomatic.com, where I was. They were hosting my podcasts, and unless you are a member. They only host so much storage space, and uh, my podcasts are, are quite long. They are lengthy. You know, you don't hear a white guy say that too much. I have a lot of length. Well, I ran out of space, and I had to delete an episode to upload an episode, and then it, I just saw that as being a slippery slope, so I thought, well, fuck it. If I can't just stack up podcasts for people to listen to, and I can only have one or two on there at once, what am I doing? And that, you know, combined with just no good news medically speaking. Um, I've had my second injection now. I had the back surgery. I've done yoga. I've done physical therapy. I've gone to the chiropractor. I've gone to the surgeon. I've gone to the doctor. We've discussed a lot of things. I did go to multiple uh, <clears throat> chiropractors because, you know, you know, sometimes you just can't trust the opinion of one and nobody seems to have the answer. Go lay down or I'm a beach ass. I would never do that. He's too cute. Um, well, let's back up. Uh, there's going to be some format changes to this very informal podcast because doing an hour-long podcast every time is really just going to burn up a lot of talking and I would rather have a nice lot a nice uh, grouping plethora cornucopia a nice list of podcasts and if I do them shorter I feel like I'll be able to get out more makes sense doesn't it Mr. Obvious okay hopefully the sound is good here I'm going to lay back and we're going to jump right into it <clears throat> so, today is uh, January 17th, 2018. Don't get it twisted, it's not 2017 anymore. And uh, let's begin with the On This Day. So, On This Day, Operation Desert Storm begins and we begin bombing Iraq. Bomb, 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 bomb Iraq. Bomb, 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 bomb Iraq. Let's bomb Iraq. Yeah, let's attack that maniac. So, yeah, that happened. Um, 
when I say that we, we went to war and we began bombing Iraq, now most people think, oh shit, that is noteworthy. That is something worth talking about. But let me tell you something. The United States is 241, 242 years old, uh, 1776, do the math however you want. It, we're we're two, just for numbers sake, let's just say we're 240 years old, because I'm not going to do the math to the exact month. We'll round it off. Did you know that we've been at war with one country or another for 239 of those years? Less than two years since our country's independence, we've not been at war. And so, this on this day is kind of something I could say every day. We're, we've been at war. Nothing special. Not that I'm undermining, you know, uh, people who fight for our quote-unquote freedom. You know, uh, this country isn't the freest country in the world, but we're up there. We, we get to do some shit. So... Yeah, we've been at war. And for those who think, no, we couldn't possibly have been at war or at odds for that long with other people. Well, you know, our, our government, our country, they're not exactly, if they were a person, one person, not exactly a person that I would trust with my children. They're a little sketchy. Um, conspiracy theorists will tell you they're a little sketchy. And... Uh, not even conspiracy theories. There's a lot of declassified stuff that, by itself, things that they've admitted make you go, whoa, uh, just off the top of my head. Now, I'm, I'm not uh, an expert on these things. I only know a little bit about each one. I couldn't tell you some the same amount of shit that someone who studies it could tell you, but I can tell you if you are curious about these things, they are really interesting. Things that our government uh, colluded to do with other governments or against other people or governments. It's really interesting shit. Uh, there's a laundry list of them, but the ones that I know off the top of my head are Operation Northwoods. I'm sure you've heard of that. Operation Paperclip. Operation Mockingbird. Um, Operation Gladio or Gladio. Midnight Climax, The Bay of Pigs, The Gulf of Tonkin. Those are all the ones I could think of off the top of my head. And when I did a Google search, there was uh, hundreds more. So it's not like I know a whole lot of them, but I know some of them. And CIA drug smuggling, the, the guys who are supposed to be fighting it. <laughs> well, you, know, you can't blame them. If I was a task force of some sort, FBI, police, CIA, DEA, whatever. If I was into busting criminals, quote-unquote criminals, and I found a giant stash worth $2 million, a bunch of cash, stuff like that, you know, maybe only 10% of that would make it back to the Bureau. Look what I found, guys. I found $400,000 worth of drugs. Check it out. Hey, didn't we find $4 million? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, I'm a hero. So I can't blame them. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. I wanted to uh, infuse a an intro song, or at least a clip of an intro song, into this podcast. But then I read, after 
a quick search that it is uh, it is copyright. It is against the Copyright Act to use music on a podcast. So that's why what you hear is often either customizable or custom music or or not at all. And then another thing that I read was you can use uh, a regular bit of clip or you know a music little piece of it, but you can only use three seconds. That was the other thing I read. And I thought, well, that's not even fucking worth it. Hey, welcome to the Ben Again podcast. It just cuts off abruptly. No, I think we'll just stick with me, Ben Hameen. Um, this back pain, it's really getting me down. If I wasn't such a strong, independent woman, I would be super depressed. Although it, it does suck and it is getting old. I miss working. I miss making a lot of money. I miss not feeling like every day is Saturday. If you have never been laid up for a surgery or an injury, um, well, I've had nine surgeries now, nine operations. One of them it was my all four wisdom teeth getting taken out, so that's not really uh, something that physically debilitated me, but I did experience what is known as dry socket, and I did have problems with one of the four clotting up. It just kept bleeding. I remember a couple of nights I would go to sleep, swallowing a little bit of blood, and then I would wake up with, if I was sleeping on my back, with a mouthful of blood and coughing it up, and it went all over the place, and one night I slept on my side so that I could avoid a mouthful of blood because that's scary. It's traumatizing waking up to a mouthful of blood and it's dark and you don't know what's going on and you're like, oh, everything tastes like iron. I'm dying. So I slept on my side and that sure didn't help because although I didn't wake up with a mouthful of blood, I woke up with my entire side of my face soaked in blood and most of it was crusty and hardened by then, but it was all over my bed and all over my pillow. Mama didn't like that, but I said, Ma, I'm bleeding out. Forgive me. <laughs> Don't be mad. I'm dying. I'm I'm slowly bleeding out through a hole in my mouth. I didn't choose this life. So if you've never experienced being laid up from an injury or whatever, you don't know what it's like. It's super helpless. I'm a 28-year-old male, and aside from all the injuries, all the surgeries and broken shit, put all that aside, I'm semi-strong semi-healthy dude. High blood pressure, but hey, the average person in 2017-2018 has an anxiety level of the average person who was in an insane asylum in 1980. That's something you know now. And not that I am, you know, I don't experience a whole lot of anxiety. Depression has always been my thing. But you can tell that the world is full of of anxiety and being laid up its entire time, not knowing what I'm going to do next financially, not knowing if I'm going to be in pain forever. I have, ex I have been experiencing a little bit of it, you know. I still don't quite understand when people talk about their anxiety because I, you, you, gotta, you gotta live that to understand that. The, uh, the best example I can give is when I message people or text people. Anymore, these days, if I message 10 people, I might get two back right away. And then the other seven, eight, if they do message me back, it takes forever. 
you know, and that's just because people are, this one young lady in particular that uh, is most notable, no name necessary, but she's pretty open about it. She doesn't answer her calls. She doesn't answer her texts. She doesn't answer her Snapchats. And she'll tell her closest friends, I just, I'm having bad anxiety today. I can't, I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to go to work. I just can't do it. And so on a very small level, I can understand how some days you feel a little more social than others, but I, I, I don't get it. I don't have social anxiety. I can walk into a group of 30 people and, hey guys, how's it going? And immediately get to be friends with them. Or, you know, on some days I don't really feel like it, but I don't understand to the level of, uh, <laughs> I... I wake up today and I ain't doing shit because I just, I really feel uneasy. I'm on the edge. So no, I, I don't understand that. I do understand back pain though. And I get a kick out of people who try telling me that they have fucking back pain. I turn into Bane. I'm like, you merely adopted back pain. You've only experienced back pain for several minutes per day at most. I was born in it. I was molded by it. Every time I walk, every time I sit down, every time I lay down, the back pain is there pinching me, burning. You don't know back pain. Don't try to tell me that you understand pain. So that's me. I'm Bane. When people talk about back pain. Um... Got a lot of shit to talk about. We could make this probably three hours. We're gonna, we're gonna just go with the flow and here's the deal. We're gonna aim for 45 minutes. And I'm laying on the couch right now so I can't look at the timer like I normally would. I don't know how long we've been going and I don't know how long we'll go. But I can promise that I will fill you full of... <laughs> okay. I will fill you full of wisdom. <laughs> I could have went the other way with that, but I didn't. I took the high road and um, I wanted to be more, for lack of a better term, fancy with this podcast. I wanted to have a, a more structured layout. I wanted to have an introduction song. I wanted to be that ostentatious guy who, who has really put together a, a what's the word? Uh, I just wanted to have like a really fancy podcast, basically. But that's not me. I can't fake that. I'm going to... I would take five dedicated listeners who understand my style over a thousand who are like, this guy's way too commercial. And, oh, my back hurts. So let's get into it. I've got a, a list of things here. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, sorry for the long delay, but it's just, it's been tough, you know? This whole life thing, I have felt like such a loser, and the only reason that I haven't felt like a total loser while being out of work and being laid up is because it's for medical reasons. I don't understand how people sleep at night. People who physically are healthy, they just choose not to work, and they live off of the government, you know, welfare. I don't understand that. They must have no fucking conscience. There's no way that... You can wake up every day feeling rested, stay up as late as you want, smoke a bunch of cigarettes, drink a bunch of pop, play a bunch of video games, and then you're like, oh, I better go to bed. <clears throat> Big day of doing nothing tomorrow. I don't understand that. I have a conscience, and I have been losing sleep lately over this. 
Like, I, I, I know that I cannot do the job I was doing. In fact, I would not be able to do most of the jobs that I've had. All of them, if I think about it. Let's see. I worked on a farm as a farmhand. There's no way I could fucking do that right now. I couldn't if I tried. Um, there's no way I could work for the flooring company that I worked for. I can't drive truck because I can't sit down long. Um, I worked at Walmart for six months. Fucking hated it. But there's no way I could get down on my knees, stack shelves, stand back up. Just things that require a, a strong core, a healthy core, which is pretty much everything. I couldn't do them. There's no way. And so that's the only thing that makes me feel not so shitty about being out of work. I just think, Ben, you loser. But then I think, <coughs> I am reminded of Al Bundy's loser speech from Married with Children, one of the greatest shows ever, if not the greatest show ever, along with one of the greatest, if not the greatest character ever. Al Bundy. Someone told him he was a loser once, and, uh, I mean, he knows it. He knows he's a fucking dick. <laughs> he just, he's just an unfortunate character. Nothing goes his way. He's never really been motivated or driven. So, you know, depending on who you ask... He's a loser, and if you ask me, no. Uh, I remember when my cousin told me I was a loser because I didn't uh, get a college degree, and this was a couple of years ago. And had I had the Al Bundy loser speech memorized at that time, I would have just rattled it off, maybe impressed her a little bit. But I was just like, fuck you! And uh, then, after I memorized the Al Bundy loser speech, uh, I was actually able to use it once because somebody at work at the factory job that I had jokingly called me a loser and I just rattled it off. And because I am a giant douche and it is a great speech, I'm going to share it with you. <clears throat> if anyone ever tells you that you're a loser just because you don't have a college degree or a yacht or a mansion, you don't make 500k a year, if anyone ever tells you you're a loser, Feel free to say this, <clears throat> and it goes like this. Hey, you're a loser. So you think I'm a loser? Just because I have a stinking job that I hate? A family who doesn't respect me? A whole city that curses the day I was born? Well, that may mean loser to you, but let me tell you something. Every morning when I wake up, I know it's not going to get any better until I go back to sleep again. So I get up, have my watered down tang and still frozen Pop-Tart, Get in my car with no upholstery, no gas, and six more payments. To fight traffic just for the privilege of putting cheap shoes on the cloven hooves of people like you. I'll never play football like I thought I would. I'll never know the touch of a beautiful woman. And I'll never again know the joy of driving without a bag on my head. But I am not a loser. Because despite it all, me and every other guy who will never be what he wanted to be, are still out there being what we don't want to be 40 hours a week for life. And the fact that I haven't put a gun in my mouth, you pudding of a woman, that makes me a winner. And so, you see, Al Bundy was able to put this fat chick in her place after she called him a loser. Because it's true. Not everyone is going to be able to be the things that they want to be or what others want them to be. It just doesn't work that way. There are simply not enough positions. If everyone in the world was magically given a college degree, boom, all of a sudden I have the credentials of a doctor. Well, uh, there are still going to need to be, there is still going to 
be the need for, rather, um, fast food workers, uh, custodians, drivers, cleaners, phone call operators, you know, there, there are just, there are these jobs that technically don't require a degree that need to be done regardless of the amount of degrees. We will touch more on the uh, philosophy of determinism in a little bit here. That's three bullet points away. But it's something that I've been uh, reading about and studying. God, studying. I haven't done that in a long time. But I guess that's technically what I've been doing. I've been reading about it. I've been learning about it. I guess that's studying, although it sounds weird to say at my age. I'm not in school. It's very interesting to me. It's very um, appropriate for for this life. And uh, we'll get to that. <clears throat> I just wanted to point out that autocorrect on my fucking phone lately, well, it's always a bitch. Like, uh, I've had my same phone now, and you know the phones are supposed to slowly pick up on the words you use, and the more you use them, it'll, it'll just kind of start to finish your words like, hey, you know, we know you were about to say this. <clears throat> That's right, phone. I was. But there are certain words that it will just never fucking get. And fucking is one of them. How many times have I told someone, don't ducking do that? And you know that's not what I meant, goddammit phone. You know that I meant fucking. But you just refuse to learn. I'm having a bad ducking day. Don't duck with me. They just don't get it. But there were two instances lately where, uh, <clears throat> fucking ain't. Something in my throat. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm laying on my back. Ah, that's better. There were two instances recently where autocorrect really made me feel like a dick. Like a giant douche. Because once you send something, it doesn't matter if you put a little asterisk and correct it and go, Well, this is what I meant to say. Because they already read the first thing. <clears throat> Especially if you don't catch it right away. Well, the first one was kind of funny, I suppose. Adam Calhoun, if you've never heard of him, he's like a D-list celebrity. Hardly a celebrity. He's basically a social media celebrity, like uh, Amory King. Really popular on Facebook and Snapchat. He's the Did You America Today guy. And uh, every Tuesday, he does what's called Titty Tuesday on Snapchat. It's pretty cool. He has like 200,000 followers on Snapchat. So you got to imagine in that 200,000 people mark, there's going to be some hot chicks, and by golly, there are. Every Tuesday, Titty Tuesday, chicks take a Snapchat, a picture of their titties, and they send them to Adam Calhoun. He posts them on his storyline. It can range from, you know, like 50 to in the hundreds for the amount of girls who send a picture of their titties to him, and he posts them. Uh, I would say it's your... A little above your typical, um, you know, your cross-section of, of people. I would say 30% are hot or have a nice rack. 70%, please stop sending your titties for the love of God. We do not want to see them. We appreciate you. We appreciate the effort you took to be a whore and take your clothes off and set a picture of your titties for the world to see. We just don't want to see it. Okay? So anyway... Um, on one Titty Tuesday, there was a young lady who sent a picture of her tits and her nipples were so light that they were invisible. 
uh, she had them squished together with her arms, not her nipples, her boobs, and the nipples, I mean, you needed a forensic investigator to use technology to spot those nipples. They were ridiculously light, like the same color of her skin. I think the only way you would be able to identify said nipples, if you were with her, is if there was a texture change, because you couldn't see these things. Anyway, she had them pushed together, <clears throat> and uh, her boobs were so fucking big and round and without nipples that they just looked like butt cheeks. And I thought, now, I don't find this girl attractive, but let's pretend I did. Let's pretend that I was thinking, ooh, this looks good. My wiener honestly cannot tell whether this is a set of boobs or a butt. It just can't. My, my dick is confused. My wiener is confused. And that's what I tried to send to Adam Calhoun. I snapped him and I, I forwarded a picture of that girl who had the confusing boobs. <clears throat> and I said to her, or to him rather, my wiener is confused. I cannot tell if this is boobs or a butt. And for some reason, I don't know if I typed something kind of wonky or what, but autocorrect was like, I'll save the day. I got you. And uh, here's what autocorrect said to him. I can't tell whether this is a set of boobs or a butt. My wiener is cute noises. And I didn't realize it until I was, <laughs> I had already sent it. And you know, as long as they don't check it yet, you can still see what you sent. So I'm like, why isn't this guy responding? And then I check and it's like, my wiener is cute noises. And I'm like, oh, well that's great. There's no more confusion about this anymore. He knows I'm a giant faggot. Who says that? My wiener is cute noises. So thanks, Autocorrect, making me look like a giant douche. And, uh, I don't know. I think I'm never going to use that line, even though it's kind of funny. I'm never going to tell someone, hey, my dick is cute noises right now, because I will instantly get ambushed by a flash mob of gay guys. They'll just appear out of nowhere like, we sensed something really gay. Here we are. There he is. Get him. Jeepers. He is super gay. He said his wiener is cute noises. Yeah, that's going to happen. I feel it. <clears throat> Fucking A. I'm going to sit up. I know you don't want to sit and listen to me clear my throat a bunch of times, and I don't want to do it, so I'm going to sit up. Because apparently I'm super gay from my wiener being cute noises and a bunch of cum is building up in my throat. Ugh, so fuck this ice pack. I can sit on the couch a little while. The other time that it happened, the autocorrect fiasco, was when I was talking to my buddy Tyler. He, uh... He's a small little white guy, but he claims to have a giant wiener. Cannot confirm or deny. Sorry, ladies, I, I cannot tell if that's true or not. But he was Snapchatting me one night while I was in Sioux Falls, and he told me something about some girl hanging out with him, and he hopes that she does not ditch him last minute like girls often do. He hopes that she does not cancel plans. And I said, well, if she sees that giant hog of yours, there is no way she's canceling. She is all in, and you will probably be half in, because that's all that will fit. Gosh, I'm clever. I know. And he said, well, I don't want to, 
you know, expose her to this quite yet because I don't want to hurt her. And I said, hurt her? If you tried giving her that thing right now without a year to prepare for it, that would be what I tried to say was manslaughter. And uh, what I changed it to was woman slaughter because she's obviously not a man. You get it. So what I was going to say back was, no, no, you don't want to try giving her that yet. That's woman slaughter. And what it changed it to, since that's not actually a word, is woman's laughter. So what I told my buddy Tyler was, no, no, you do not want to give her your penis. That would be woman's laughter. And he's like, bro, how dare you? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was autocorrect. I did not mean to infer that if you gave her your weenie, that would be woman's laughter. So, thanks a lot, autocorrect. You're making me look to be like a dick. <clears throat> okay. Moving on. Um, let's get serious for a moment. Because... Because we need to. At the Golden Globes recently, there, unfortunately, in this utopian fucking everybody's equal society that we supposedly should be living in, all of the nominees for Best Director were males, and this struck a nerve with some of the ladies who were there. I, uh, I don't understand. So, let me explain. One lady who got up there, I don't know if she was hosting or co-hosting, I know Seth Meyers hosted it, um, I don't know why she was up there announcing this, but her job was to get up there and say, and the nominees for Best Director are... Okay, simple enough. But she obviously was bothered that they were all men. And so what she actually said was, and the Golden Globes, all male nominees for Best Director are... And we get it. You're a woman. It bothers you that there were no women directors nominated for Best Director. We get it. You think that... Just because you have a vagina, you should be uh, equal to men, and you should have the same opportunities as men, and no one's saying that you shouldn't have the same opportunities, but let's be real. There's a reason that there were no female directors nominated. And it's because this year, in particular, they didn't deserve it. There is no unspoken agreement that all the voters have where they're like, don't vote for a woman. It doesn't work that way. The world's not out to get you like that because you're a woman. In fact, in many ways, being a woman is advantageous to being a male. But in this instance, being a, a, a male meant that you had a higher percentage chance of being the best director, you know, voted best director. It doesn't mean that there aren't talented female directors. It doesn't mean that in the future or in the past we didn't or won't have female winners. It's just that... Uh, this year, in particular, there there was no chance for a woman to be the best. And that's probably because of the movies, right? The, the movies they directed, the females, didn't do as well. This is a popularity contest, and being male or female, in this instance, has no effect on whether or not you're the best. But the fact that she would get up there with that attitude, like, So, all males... Because men run the world, the patriarchy, blah, 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 feminism. She gets up there, all male nominee, she emphasizes that, all male. It's like, shut up, you dumb bitch. You're the type of girl who's going to die alone with your fucking cat because you're a strong, independent woman and you just can't admit that sometimes 
fucking men and women aren't equal. To pretend that men and women are always equal or should always be equal is absurd. It, it just, that's not how it is. Determinism. We'll get into that in a bit, like I said, but that's part of that. The idea, this idea that everyone and everything has to be equal, it's fucked because nothing is equal. That's like when the Oscars, you know, all of the nominees for whatever, they were all white. And so they were calling it the Oscars so white or the Oscars all white. Well, no, plenty of black people have won best actor, best actress, best whatever. Plenty of them have. So for you to say, oh, Oscar's so white this year, well, maybe, hear me out here, this is crazy, maybe fucking white people did good this year. Maybe. There's a reason that transgender people have such strict uh, fucking entries and restrictions for sports. There's a reason that people get annoyed when a man goes, you know, I'm a woman today. Fuck it gets his dick chopped off, and then tries to compete in female sports, and then fucking dominates. People have a problem with that. Men and women aren't equal. We're not equal physically. It's very obvious. I remember when my cunt ex-girlfriend, she was drunk. She was super jealous and insecure. And she found out that I took a girl to a movie and went over to her house afterwards. <laughs> and uh, she found out about that. But this was before I was with her. That's very important to note. This was before I was with this cunt. And it, for some reason, just made her f go psycho one night. She got drunk. She found out. Ben took a girl to a movie and went home with her. And this was like three weeks before I even started hanging out with her. But she's like, well, that's way too soon for my liking. I'm going to throw a fit. And she punched me in the throat. Now, the only reason she was able to land said punch is because I was not expecting it. She had never been violent with me before, and no one ever had, you know? I wasn't expecting it. She's like, who the fuck is this Savannah chick? And I was like, don't worry about it. It was before you. It's none of your fucking business. And boom, boosh, throat punch. And I was like, what the fuck? Totally caught me off guard. And it was a hard punch. This girl, quite strong for her, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Her stature, her structure. And she tried to do it again. This time I was ready, quick slip to the left, and I'm not an NCAA wrestling champion. I'm not a jiu-jitsu black belt, although I do know some jiu-jitsu just because I'm a huge fight fan. Uh, just quick boom to the left, and she was drunk also, so it was sloppy. I'm not claiming to be Floyd Mayweather here. I didn't slip a jab and then go into the takedown and, you know, whatever. But what I did was I moved out of the way of a drunk girlfriend's punch. I quickly grabbed a, uh, we'll call it underhooks because that's technically what it is. I got underhooks and put my leg behind hers and boom, a quick sweep, a quick, quick uh, takedown, down to the ground. We landed pretty hard. I felt bad, but she was still struggling, trying to fucking claw my face off. She was still uh, trying to punch me. And so she had what's called drunk strength where you just you go into a drunken, angry rage, and you're super strong, albeit very sloppy. Even in this uh, state, she was absolutely no match. And here I am, I'm tired, I haven't slept yet, and I, this caught me off guard. And I wrapped my arms around her and held her super tight. And I was putting minimal effort into it, you know, kind of bear hugging, and she couldn't fucking move. 
She's strong for a female. She was angry. She was going crazy. And she couldn't move. And she kept struggling. And I said, are you going to stop? And I, I released a little bit. I let go of a little bit of pressure. And then she tried to fucking kill me again. So I put her in a rear naked choke. And I started squeezing it tighter and tighter. And it was getting to the point where uh, she's either going to sleep or she's going to calm down. Well, she went to sleep. Uh, I had to do it. It, it was a matter of, uh, I don't want to go to jail. I feel like if we stand up and we have a boxing match because this is her choice, the law, as it usually does, will side with the female even though she started this. All these things are going through my head. And I'm thinking the best option here is to not leave any bruises. The best option is to not harm her because when you choke somebody unconscious, it doesn't hurt them. You let go right away, obviously. Otherwise, you could kill them. But it's not like I knocked her out, you know? I've never hit a girl, and I never would unless she hit me first. Now. <laughs> um, now, if a fucking female punches me, now that I've experienced it, and it wouldn't catch me off guard as much, she's probably getting blasted. She's eating her teeth if she punches me first, you know? Um, I don't look at it as, oh, it's a girl, so I can't hit her. I look at it as, it's a girl, so I can't hit her first. If she hits me... She's uh, she's eating those pearly whites, and that's just how it is. But in this instance, no, I I just slowly cinched in the choke, and it was the only way to get her to stop. She wasn't fucking stopping. Imagine a drunk psycho chick who is jealous and going crazy on you. You're not going to be able to be like, hey, just settle down. Let's talk about this. It doesn't work that way. So point of that story is she had no fucking chance. We are not equals in strength. We are not equals in fighting ability. Um, the idea that women and men are equals is just nuts. And for that matter, uh, black and white people were not equal. There are just certain physical advantages that black people have that white people don't have. All men are created equal? That's bullshit. We know that's not true. And for the Oscars or the Golden Globes attendees to infer that it should be that way it's just it's so stupid it's not it's not possible no matter how hard i train no matter how good of a shape i get into no matter how dedicated i am or how much i want it i will never beat usain bolt in a race he's black he's built like a horse that's genetics that's not something and even the top 10 sprinters look at them what do they have in common well, it's kind of a year-round tan, in case you haven't noticed. Top 10. You have to go to, like, 13th place before you find a white guy. And that's not coincidence. Black people are fast. They are athletic. The NFL, the NBA, what is it, like, 83% African American? That's not coincidence. They are better than us at doing athletic shit. They just are. It's not racist. It's, it's just reality. I've found myself saying that little three-word phrase lately a lot because I, I've been talking with my dad about life, about the way I feel. I've been talking with my girlfriend about it, about, you know, my physical health or lack thereof and how it's taking its toll on my mental health. And I just try to look at the bigger picture and I just tell myself, uh, life isn't out to get you. I mean, you got, you got dealt a bad hand physically, but that's just reality. There are some people who have it worse, a lot of people have it better, 
but you cannot pity yourself. You cannot feel bad for yourself because no matter who you are or what position you're in in life, there is always somebody who has it worse. And it's kind of disrespectful to he or she, to him or her, to them, they. Look at me naming off my pronouns. It's disrespectful to them to go, oh, poor me, woe is me. I, I will never do that. Nobody owes me a thing. And there are people who have it worse than I do. So I don't, I don't sit there and get down on myself. I just tell myself, this it's just reality. That's how it is. Life sucks for some people, it's great for others, and the majority of people are somewhere in between. So, yeah, uh, that was the point I wanted to make with the Golden Globes and the Oscars and uh, transgenders in, in sports. There's a reason that men cannot chop their dicks off, pretend that they identify as a woman, and go into the UFC and fight women. The best example of that was a man named Fallon Fox. Interesting name. So this dude was a very bottom-of-the-pack, bottom-tier fighter as a guy. Okay? And this happened in tennis, too, where a guy was very bottom-of-the-totem-pole, probably like 30% win rate. For every 10 times they fought or played, they would win three. So these dudes both did the same thing. They transitioned. They said, they woke up one day, I feel like a woman, okay? Uh, and, you know, because our society is it panders to them so well, they were like, okay, you're a woman. I mean, what more? You don't have to tell me twice. Oh, you have the male chromosome. You were born a dude. You have a dick. You have a set of balls. You have man's shoulders. You're strong. But you're a woman? Okay, yeah. I mean, I believe it. You're a woman. So they say, and so it is. And uh, Fallon Fox and this uh, tennis player that I cannot think of right now, this name, they start competing as quote-unquote women in the female division. Fallon Fox starts just knocking chicks senseless. Goes from being a shitty male fighter to being like this unstoppable bad motherfucker in the female division. Go figure, right? If I chop my dick off and I fight a girl, I'm gonna fuck her up. Even if she's a trained fighter, it's just not fair. You don't do that. And kind of like tennis, men are faster, their serves are faster, their volleys are quicker, their reaction time, their foot speed, their shoulders, their arms, their endurance. It's not fair to pit men against women. This is not the Colosseum. This is not Rome. We don't need to see how a lion fares against a rabbit. We don't need to see a man versus a woman. We don't need to see that. At least if you're a sports fan, you can level with me here. Agree with me. It's not necessary. Determinism. That's, that's a large part of that. Basically, it's the philosophy of uh, admitting that the way you are born, the geography, the you know the physical health that you have the mental health that you have there is a limit to how much you can achieve and a lot of that is based on your foundation the way you are born um no amount like i said of work or effort or you know no no matter how hard i wanted it i could have never been as good as lebron james i'm not black i'm not six foot six I'm not 280 pounds. I can't jump over someone's forehead from the free throw line and dunk as my nuts hit their face. 
I can't do that. Same goes for NFL players, you know? You could Those people that say, you can do anything you want. Well, no. No, you can't. And that's just reality. It's just reality. You cannot do anything you want. I could have never been the world's strongest man. I could have never been a genius. My brain is only capable of so much. It only holds so much information. I could have never been a woman. I'm born a male. You know? Determinism. Hard work only gets you so far. The most important lesson that I've learned in 28 years of my life is that you can do everything right and still fail. And it is very important to learn that. It's, it's very humbling. It has taught me a lot about life, accepting that, because there have been times where I've done everything that was asked of me. There have been times that I've done everything by the book and everything right, and I've still failed. I've still lost. And after accepting that, that there are just some things that aren't in my control, I became, I wouldn't say the word is happier, but I became more content. I became more at peace with, you know, where I'm at in the world and in the universe. Uh, the earth is a speck of dust. It's not even a speck of dust in the big picture. If you look at, you know, those those graphs that they produce as far as it, what we can see, visible space, the earth, it doesn't even exist, essentially. And that is what I am to the earth. I, I am less than a speck compared to the earth. And so, you know, it, it, it scales down and it scales up. But essentially, uh, I ain't shit. And as soon as you accept that, as soon as you get that chip off your shoulder and you realize that you are limited, you know, uh, then you can work with what you've got. And I think you'll be much happier and much more productive and less likely to give up on goals. If you know, you know, you've got to be a realist. There's the glass half empty person who is the pessimist. There's the glass half full person who's like, oh, it's a great day. Good morning. <laughs> and then there's the realist. He looks at the glass and says, this is what the glass is. This is how much is in the glass. This is how much could be in the glass. Now, uh, that's a, a metaphor that you, you're not going to get unless you have that mindset. Determinism. There's only so much that I can do and there's only so much that you can do. We work within those boundaries and we do the best we can. Men, women, black, white, Asian, tall, short, strong, weak, hung, not hung, big boobs, little boobs, life isn't fair. The sooner you accept that, the better. The best example of this I can give is go to a shopping mall on a Saturday. Do it. In a big city, not a shitty little mall. Go to a big mall. I went to the St. Cloud Mall recently. And... I'm a people watcher. I'm really into psychology. Everybody else, uh, they're, okay, not everybody. Let's, let's be real here. 70% of people were walking while looking at their phone. I would say that's a fair number. Everywhere, food court, stores, everyone. We have this symbiotic relationship with technology. And by we, I mean the majority of people, not me. When I walk, I look where I'm going because I'm not fucking stupid. I actually watched somebody run into somebody. This guy was on his phone, he was laughing at something, smiling, and he, this person in front of him stopped, you know, naturally, you look at the store or whatever, and this person ran right into this other person, and he was like, oop, oop, you know, that kind of 
Midwestern, Northern Midwestern thing where you make a mistake, you don't go, oops. You don't go, oh. You go, oh. I watched that. Because people can't get their fucking heads out of their phone. It was very mindless, very robotic, very zombie-like. And I would, yeah, 70%. That's what I saw at the mall. But uh, it dawned on me, because I, uh, I'm into psychology. Um, the mall is essentially a Petri dish. It is a gathering of, not cells, but people. It is a giant Petri dish. You can take a sample, a random sample, 100 random people from the mall, and you're going to get everything. You're going to get every kind of person. You're going to get that creepy old guy who's only there because the mall is just littered with hot chicks. You're going to get a couple, a young couple who is there and the boyfriend wants to get home and play video games but the girlfriend wants to shop for six hours because she's a woman and that's what women do. You're going to get the older couple who's there because it's their day off and, you know, honey, let's go to the mall. Let's be young again. You're going to get a little bit of everything at the mall. That's why the mall is cool. It's unique in that way. You can't go to a bar and pick out 100 people and get 100 different people. You go to a bar, you're going to get like four different kinds of people. The regulars, the alcoholics, the girls who are there just to get some dick because they're sluts, girls who are there to get just free drinks and they're not going to put out because they're prudes, guys who are there to just get pussy, and then, you know, people who are there to have fun. There are, there's not a large variety of people who go to the bar, but at the mall, you get fucking everything. It's pretty neat from a psychology standpoint. You mean you get people who don't speak English, the click-click people, I didn't see any of them, but I'm sure it's happened. You know, imagine being working at a mall kiosk and you don't have a translator for that particular language, if you can call it that. And then some some African dude, he walks up to you and you're like, hi, can I help you? And he doesn't speak. He, he speaks in clicks and he's like, and you're like, say, say what? And he's like, and you're like, bro, I don't get paid enough for this. Go away. That would suck. Language barriers are tough. Language barriers are tough even when you just want to order fucking Chinese. How old is America now? 241, 242 years old now? And we still haven't figured out a way to order Chinese food successfully? I, I'll call the place, the local place here, called Jin Hu. And what they'll say is, Jin Hu! I'm like, okay, so it's Jin Hu, right? It's it's J I N H U, Jin Hu. How how did you say that again? Ji Hu may help you. Jin Hu may I help you? Yes. Ji Hu may help you. And I'm like, okay, um, egg roll, please. Egg roll. Uh, okay. Um, I would like some orange chicken. Orange chicken. Like what, bro? Do you practice this at all? Did. Did you ever think, you know, I'm, I'm answering phones at a place where mostly white people are going to be calling. Maybe I should learn a little bit of white language. A little English, maybe. Can I get some sesame chicken, please? A sesame chicken! You know? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's kind of funny. Um, another thing I saw at the mall was, uh, well, I saw a lot of shit, but one thing that I noticed was couples. And not just couples in general, but if you were to see a couple 
and they're both approximately, you know, as good looking as each other, it makes sense. But what I saw was, I would see an ugly guy with a good looking girl. I would see an ugly girl with a good looking guy, holding hands, kissing, whatever. I would see a good looking guy with a good looking girl, and I would see an ugly guy with an ugly girl. Now, two of those four make sense. When you see a hot chick and she's with some buff dude with nice hair and nice teeth, you're like, oh, that makes sense. They, they belong together. When you see some obese, nasty, fat chick and some ugly fucking dude who just looks like a turd with eyes, you're, good. you're like, oh, well, you know, that makes sense. But when you see a dime piece, smoke show, beautiful girl, and she's with some fucking slob of a dude, you think it, it confuses your brain. Your brain is cute noises. You go, what the fuck? How does he do that? Now, my mind, I'm a simpleton, so I, I try to break it down. I go, how did he score that girl? I've never seen a girl that pretty in my life, and this guy looks like he just rolled off the couch, didn't shower, brushed the Cheeto crumbs off of his shirt, and went to the mall with her. How is he doing this? First of all, one, he probably has a lot of money, okay? If not, okay, he has a huge dick, probably, or both. And if not, okay, that's it. That's all I've got. Those are the only ways I can see this. It doesn't make sense. If you see a guy who's chubby and ugly, bad hygiene, bad genes in general, uh, and he's with a, a gorgeous girl, there's no other way to explain it. Either he's got a giant dick and he just stuffs her like a Thanksgiving turkey and she fucking loves it, or uh, he's got money. And if not, I cannot tell you why they are together. It doesn't make sense to me. People say, oh, that's love. But there's someone for everyone. Yeah, but, I mean, you got to draw a line somewhere, right? And conversely, when you see a really good-looking, handsome, strong guy and he's with some fat slob of a chick... You go, bruh, the fuck? Like, let's let's try to justify it like we did with the other combination of couple. So why would a really good-looking, handsome stud of a guy be with a nasty-looking chick? Okay, uh, maybe they love each other, I guess, but let's be realistic here. It's just reality. I would say she has a lot of money. <laughs> or... She fucking sucks that dick nonstop, 24-7. She gives him back rubs. She's a good cook. There's a bunch of shit that, I mean, even then, I still wouldn't date a nasty chick. I don't get it. I don't know. Perhaps I shouldn't look too far into it. It's not fair. Life's not fair. Determinism. There's only so much we can do. So, uh, my dog, my family dog, passed away for the third time today. And this time, it's real. So that's sad. He lived a long life. Um, he was born in 2004, in July, so yeah, he lived a, a decent life. Um, he was struggling a few months back, and my mother texted me and said, we're taking him in to be put down. I said, that's very sad, but it's got to be done. We don't want him to be miserable. And then my sisters wanted the chance to say goodbye to him, so they rescheduled. So he was not put to sleep that day. They rescheduled for a week later, one week. And uh, my sisters went and said goodbye to Buster. And so then I hadn't heard from my mother in the longest time. And that day came and went. And I told everybody, yep, Buster's in heaven now. All dogs go to heaven. They're angels. They deserve it. And 
Then my mom texted me when I went down to Sioux Falls for my grandma's funeral, and she said, well, Buster misses you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Quit messing with me like this. God damn it. Let me, let me mourn. Let me get over this. It's sad. It's sad when a family member, you know, and that's essentially what the family dog is, is a family member. It's sad when they go. So you're telling me now twice he hasn't been put down? Well, he bounced back. He's doing better. He's, uh, he's healthy and da-da-da. And I was like, okay, so Buster's still alive. All right, then. And that was the last I had heard. And now this morning I wake up and to a text and it said Buster passed away today. Now I'm assuming uh, at some point throughout the night he passed away. Rest in peace. Rest in pepperonis. To Buster. Uh, good dog. Like the IQ of a box of rocks. One of the dumbest dogs I've ever met in my life. But as far as loyalty and you know he had a big heart and he was loving and such a good dog and I wouldn't have traded him for any other dog. I still have my little nine-year-old chihuahua girth best puppy in the world he's looking at me right now like what nigga what you want to go bitch that's kind of the attitude that chihuahuas have they think they're tough and they're not um so at the funeral i uh i had another one of life's humbling experiences my uh my stepfather john his mother Christine Bly, so my step-grandma. Even though I never looked at her as a step-grandma, that's technically what she was. She wasn't my blood relative grandma. Um, she passed away, 101, almost 102 years old. So she definitely lived a long life. Um, she passed away, and so I, I drove down five hours to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for that funeral. Uh, got to see a lot, uh, most of my stepfamily's uh, people, you know, the people in my stepfamily. I got to see most of them. I got to see even most of the people who are branched out from that family and don't have the same last name, but they're still in the family. It was good to see them because I grew up with them, you know. I grew up seeing them at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and they're, they're all good people. I cannot say anything bad, not one bad thing about any of them. They're all great. They're all smart. They're all successful. They're very loving. They're loyal. It's a, a very well put together family. And uh, a lot of that is determinism, yes, but a lot of that is because of discipline and love and hard work. And so the I, I had this conversation with my dad on the way home. I called him because I was just in awe of how much of a piece of shit that I felt like just being around those people. And let me tell you what I mean. Um, their last name is Bly. And the majority of that family, even as far as you can branch out, their last name is Bly, B-L-Y. And one thing that that family has in common is they're all successful. None of them are an average Joe. Not one of them isn't rich. Not one of them isn't educated. Not one of them just isn't like an upstanding citizen. And it's so uncommon to find that across the board. On my mom's side of the family, the Taylors, um, it was pretty much 50-50, you know? Like, you've got some people who are hard workers, and then the other ones are fucking meth addicts, or in jail, in and out, you know? And on my dad's side, our family is very small, but you've got Nikki, who's a cunt. She's never done anything with her life, and she tells everybody in our family that we are losers. And the rest of us, you know, we, we're just working class people. 
we aren't going to cure cancer. We're not going to go to the moon. We're not going to be cosmonauts. Uh, but we, you know, good people. But as far as the Bly family goes, it's not something that I've ever seen in any other family. Uh, for example, I would walk up to a cousin that I hadn't seen in a few years. Like, hey man, how's it going? Oh, just fucking making prosthetics now. Prosthetics for people who are amputees, like fake legs and arms. That's what he does. And he's a, a, whatever, his fucking master's degree in mechanical engineering or whatever it takes to make prosthetics. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, um, I was driving truck. Not that a driving truck is a bad thing, but it's just, it's not on the level of this. And I'm like, okay, nice to see you. And then I go on to my other cousin. Oh, I'm a broker now. I, I work for the so-and-so company and blah, blah, blah. I'm the head. I'm like, geez, okay, cool. Wow, good for you. And then I move on to the next one. I'm like, what do you do? Oh, uh, I travel uh, abroad, you know, internationally, and I uh, do this and that, and I, I'm coming up with the cure for this. And I'm like, okay. And then this other person is the lead, uh, this other family member or person is the lead, I can't remember the title, the lead veterinary whatever at SeaWorld who does the fucking eye surgeries on the whale. All these people, one after another, boom, 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 just like, oh, I uh, got my master's degree in this and now I'm going for my PhD and I'm like, okay, cool, uh, nice to see you. And then I'd go on, hi, how are you? Haven't seen you in a long time. It's good to see you. How are you? Oh, I... Uh, I just completed graduate school and uh, now I'm moving on to this and I'm going to be the president someday and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, is anybody normal? Can I relate to anybody here? Is there anybody here who won't make me feel bad? None of them do it on purpose. They don't walk around with their nose up going, I'm better than you, ha. Huh? You know, look at all my accomplishments. They're all good people. They're amazing. They're kind. They have big hearts. They, they don't, they didn't mean to rub it in my face, but after... Like 15, this is not an exaggeration, 15, 20 people in a row of like their success story. Well, I just bought my wife a uh, a new car because, you know, it was our anniversary. And it's like, you just went out and bought a car. You just went out and wrote a check for a car. You know what I could get my girlfriend right now? I could get her an ice cream cone. And I have worked my entire life except for a few months, you know, that I've been out. And so I was thinking to myself, it's just, it's just not fair. God, I've worked all my life except for a handful of months. And most of that is because of a, well, all of that now is because of a medical reason or being in between jobs. And I, I can't just go buy a car. He said it so nonchalant too, too like, um, oh, probably going to get a new house. Uh, probably going to get a lake cabin. You know, why not? Why not buy a fucking small island while we're at it? You know, she wanted a new car, so I got her a Hummer. You know, women, ha ha ha. And I'm like, yeah, totally. Just made me feel like a giant pile. Like I haven't accomplished anything. And I was happy for them. You know, I'm not jealous in a sense that, you know, I don't know how to explain it. They're, they're good people. They weren't rubbing it in. They were just, it's just reality. They were just telling me how it is. And when I told my dad all this, he said, yeah, he's experienced the same thing throughout his life because just being a working class person, if you stand next to people who are fucking, they're accomplishing something that only 1% of people accomplish, you're going to feel like shit. 
And he's like, it's not an inferiority complex. It's just reality. And I was like, hey, that's my saying. That's my phrase. So it was humbling. Anytime I ever got a big head in my life, I was fortunate enough to get my ego in check some way, somehow. And this was another form of that. You know, I'm probably above average in most things. But to be around so many people, one after another, who are just, they're killing it. They're on top of the world. They're happy. They have their, their family. They Just nothing's going wrong. To be around so many people like that, it was humbling. It was cool to see. And <laughs> what, what more am I supposed to say? I'm good for them. So I suppose we better wrap this up. So much for the time constraint, but... I had some notes and I thought I'd go over them. There's going to be some structural changes here. I have to thank Shannon, my buddy, who is uh, allowing me to upload all my podcasts on his website. And I hope that whatever traffic I bring in helps his website. That's me doing my part. Uh, I, maybe I can help in that way. So it's nice of him. He has his own website made by Squarespace. That's not an ad. That's just it's just reality. It's just true. And uh, so I'm going to be putting my podcasts on his website because Podomatic only has so much room. And that's half the reason I wasn't recording podcasts is because I didn't have anywhere to put them. So anyway, uh, oh, I'm stiff. I'm so goddamn stiff. I sat for too long. This hurts. I'm going to wrap this up. And at the beginning of the podcast, I started out far away and then I got closer and closer and closer. And now it's going to be opposite. The fade effect. You can probably hear me getting further away. That's because I am. Ending, ending. Goodbye, everybody. See you in the next episode. <laughs>